You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. Welcome to the Locked On Hornets Podcast. I'm Walker Mail alongside Nada Edwards. We're coming to you from the Gittimer.com studios in Uptown Charlotte. If you're in sales and need help, visit Gittimer.com today to learn how they can help you do the one thing you want to do, and that's make more sales. Or preview the rest of the weekend ahead for the Charlotte Hornets. We spoke to Bobby Marks, ESPN front office insider, on the wake-up call earlier today. So we'll play a couple of sound bites from him later on and also take a look around the rest of the association, including what went down last night. L.A. Braun and making his debut in the purple and gold. Kind of yes. weird. And they lose to the Portland Trailblazers. But we'll give you our thoughts on LeBron and the Lakers and some of the other storylines surrounding the NBA. We'll discuss that later on in the show. But we do have a Hornets game tonight, Nada. We do. Hornets face the Magic tonight. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar. No, 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 no. Isn't there someone that used to coach here that used to be on that team? Steve Clifford. Steve Clifford used oh, to coach. That's where Steve went. <laughs> Steve Clifford, coach of the Charlotte Hornets for five years, was here for a couple of playoff appearances. Yes. Was let go by the organization after Mitch Kupchak and company, that after Michael Jordan and company, I should say, decided to clean house. So Mitch Kupchak comes in as the general manager, then he decides to clean house as well. And so you have a whole bunch of new faces within mm-hmm. the Charlotte Hornets organization. Familiar friend, though, or foe, compared to most people. I'd call him foe at this point now. <laughs> Probably so. Steve Clifford, head coach of the Charlotte Hornets, or excuse me, of the Orlando Magic now. They See, are, you can't even let it go. I can't let it go. I did like me some Steve Clifford. But he is now the head coach of the Orlando Magic. They did get a win in their first game, same night that the Hornets played. The Heat, they beat them. Miami, a team that is going to be in contention with the Hornets. For an eight spot, so Steve wait, wait, Clifford wait, already on. helping the Hornets in that regard. One one thing, don't the Heat are busy this weekend too? Because I think we play them the next night. Aren't, we, yes, we, not? we do. We'll get into that after the Magic and the Hornets preview. But yes, they do play the Heat as well on Saturday night. But the Magic already took care of business against the Heat. The Heat have since won against the Washington Wizards. They played them last night. But the Orlando Magic, they did get their first win, their first ever game under Steve Clifford as the head coach. So you look at some of the stats that Orlando was able to accumulate. Aaron Gordon, 38 minutes in that game. He scored 26 points, 16 rebounds as well. You saw a rookie really perform well for them. Mo Baba, guy was really high on. Six of eight from the field, 13 points, seven rebounds, had a couple of blocks, including a big one in the fourth quarter down the stretch. How did Terrence Ross end up with four blocks in this game? Because um, it's Steve Clifford. <laughs> he just magically instills that will of defense into all of his players. But Terrence Ross gets four blocks. I doubt that'll happen again. Yeah, exactly. Side note, Mo Bamba, great song by Sheck West. Yeah, Mo Bamba's great. It's a great song. Absolutely. That's what everybody thinks of, too, right? Exactly. Like, That's what you're supposed to think well, of. Well, we'll see if he can change that notion and actually have people think of the basketball player. He did a really good job. But, not a, again, just going back to Steve Clifford, He's familiar with this team. Yes, he is. These are all of his guys, right? I mean, these are all guys that he is familiar with, except for Miles Bridges and Devontae Graham, who's not playing. And maybe Tony Parker. And Tony Parker, who I'm sure he knows enough about, because every coach does that's been in the NBA for a while, because the guy has been in the association forever. So when you look at Steve Clifford, does he hold the advantage tonight because of the familiarity that he has with all the players on the other side? Yes and no. Yes, he knows a few of those weaknesses very intimately. I will give you that. 
he's probably going to pick on Jeremy Lamb in terms of defending, again, just attacking him as a defender tonight. And if Jeremy Lamb is going to have one of those moments where he spaces out and he doesn't pay attention, there are going to be problems for the Charlotte Hornets on defense this year, uh, for the Charlotte Hornets on defense tonight. The only problem is I'm not sure how familiar Cliff is with this offense. Now, granted, he's had about four or five looks now, probably at all the preseason tape and probably at least one that one game. The one thing I do worry about, and I know we're going to talk about it, I don't think you can go small. Not against this lineup. Yeah, they're athletic, man. Like, you look at this front court. How about Aaron Gordon, Jonathan Isaac, and Mo Bamba? All on the floor. Uh, and, and Mo Bamba didn't start with this team, but they, they decided to go Vucevic. 28 minutes for him. And that's him. temporary. Yeah, and that is temporary. And you saw his, if, if you pay any attention to plus minus, which it's a, it's a weak stat, but plus or minus, minus 17 for Vucevic, so not as effective out oh, there. Oh, you mean the, he's still a defensive sieve? Yes, he is. Four of 12 from the field, too, in this game against the Miami Heat. Eee. No three-point shooting. So, I mean, he's he's probably a dinosaur. He's probably a dinosaur in this day and age. So you mean to tell me that he's going to be sitting right next to um i can't remember his name for what who did we have earlier that we traded for biz i can't remember his name right now yeah uh he will be sitting right next to timothy mozgov thank you boy so it looks i and he's gonna be playing 20 minutes i don't think he'll he'll be sitting but yes give it a couple of months (laughs) we'll see so you look at the orlando magic and they compare I, i would imagine they've they've got similar length to the milwaukee bucks yes and the Charlotte Hornets did go small against that team. Yes. So I wonder if James Borrego, in order to try to catch Steve Clifford off guard, which, of course, he's watched that tape from when the Hornets played the Bucks the other night. And I, I know Steve Clifford's watching tape. But I, I'm interested in just how familiar you can get yourself with that because this is a very long lineup. Again, if you have Mo Bamba coming at you, Jonathan Simmons, which, by the way, how much of a cliff guy is Jonathan Simmons? Very much so. Yeah, just a, a grinder of a basketball player. I bet Clifford loves Jonathan Simmons. Just a hard basketball player. Jonathan Isaac, their first-round pick from a couple of years ago to go along with Aaron Gordon, who has really blossomed the last couple of years and added the three-point shot to his repertoire. Like, you have a good core, DJ Augustine is a pretty decent offensive scoring guard Mm -hmm. so this team I don't think is going to be all that bad this season I don't know if they're going to be in the playoffs but they're not going to be the pushover I think they used to be I'm interested I would have the Charlotte Hornets winning the spreads two and a half I'll have the Charlotte Hornets. yeah it's Charlotte minus two and a half I'll, I'll have the Hornets cover that but I do think that this Magic team, I do think Steve Clifford does have some advantages, but I'm interested to see in how that dictates how Borrego is putting maybe some smaller lineups out there that maybe Borrego never even, or that Clifford never even dreamed of. Because Ber- Clifford is never putting Kimba, Malik, and Tony Parker out on the floor at the same time. That's just never going to happen. Oh, no. He, he would have had a conniption. So I, I, the one thing I will say about the Bucks is their length also, Brooke Lopez is not athletic. No. You put Chris Middleton is a fine athlete, but not not that great. I mean, he's more of a shooter. Like defensively, he, he's long, but he's not the greatest defender in the world. Yes. Um, Giannis is amazing. Yes. And long. There are a couple of other guys to this Magic team that are a little bit different than the Bucks, even though they are so long. I'm just interested to see if Borrego decides to pull this lineup out once again. And also, Tony Parker playing 20 minutes the other night, does he try to salvage a little bit more of what he gave Tony? Does he try to only play on like 15 at the most? The question I have, actually, there is a Tony Parker question to ask. 
does he play either tonight or tomorrow night? Because there's no way he's playing a back-to-back. There's no way. Yeah. It's not the Spurs way. It's not the Popovich way. It's probably not the Borrego way, especially considering that you want him fresh down the stretch. I don't see any way he's playing either tonight. It's one of these games where he's going to be a DNP CD. And I think that's when you see a Devontae Graham. So does Devontae, do you feel more comfortable playing him tonight? Or do you feel him more, do you feel more comfortable playing Devontae tomorrow night? And my answer, quite honestly, might be tonight. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, Tony Parker coming in, I think, just obviously the better player. Yeah. And he looked so good the other night against Milwaukee. He did. He was such a big part of that. And maybe with the day's rest, you play him tonight. Maybe you don't play him against the Miami Heat. But I do think that the Heat is such an important game. I think the Heat, I think these games, and we can go into this, we'll go into this a little later, they can't lose these games, especially if we're going to start talking about being a playoff team you can't lose either of these games these are non-negotiable you must win games well they're not they're not must win this early in the season but i do think that they're important oh, oh no I, i'm uh, with you i i know i am saying these are must win <laughs> game two and game three i am calling must win get, get out of here nada no, like, these are must wins. These are not must wins. Uh, Orlando is a game you absolutely should win, and you have to be frustrated if they lose. Same with Miami. If you lose to Miami, that's a frustrating loss. 0-3 on the season. It does not look good. People panic, and and you deserve to be angry if they lose, and then they, they lose to the Magic, and you lose. But come on. Not a, it's not a must win with an 82-game regular season. Walker, the Im- so they So they don't make the playoffs, right? So if they lose these games, they don't make the playoffs. Are you willing to say that? Because that's what a must win would entail. Like, what else is a must win? Their goal is to make the playoffs. I'm fine. I will walk back. <laughs> I, will, I will slightly step off the ledge. You need to. I'm sorry. I will slightly step off the ledge. I'm, not- I'm just saying the self-immolating fire that is the road <laughs> schedule after January 1 is coming, folks. They're crazy important. I get you on that. They, they are crazy important, especially that Miami one. If, if you lose Orlando, then that's just bad. But if you lose to Miami, that's the ones where those are the games you got to win because when you look at this Hornets schedule and you look at what's to come on the other side of this, they're going to play the Toronto Raptors that following Monday. Mm-hmm. And so they play the Chicago Bulls. You would have to expect, I would hope they go a 2-0 and against the Bulls, even though they were awful against the Bulls last year. And then they, they play Miami on October 30th, but then they don't get a chance to play Miami until you go all the way down in the schedule to March 6th. So you have a big break before you ever see Miami again. So you can't control anything of what you do against Miami until you get to March 6th. So I agree. It's very important to call it a must win is something you need to just go ahead and walk back from. You know what? Now that you put it that way, I'm not walking back. <laughs> yeah, I'm pounding my chest. I'm pounding my chest. I'm not walking oh, back. Though. What? What? What do you expect the record to be here, Nada? When we get back on Monday, when we hop on the mics and we're previewing this Toronto Raptors game that they have coming up, what do you expect the record to be? Do you expect it to be two to one record on the season? One and two. I expect one and two. I again. Is it win against the Magic, lose against the Heat? Yes, because I think the Magic have two days off, and I do think Spolstra has something really special for that small lineup if they played against them. How much? Do you think the Hornets struggle with a back-to-back, even though it's this early in the season? It's obviously not a back-to-back in January. It's a back-to-back within the second and third games of the season. So do you have a problem with this back-to-back as much? I do because we can expect no Tony Parker for one of these games, and I think both of these games are very, very important. I think that's it, though. 
I, I think again, they're maybe not as fresh as a Heat team, but I still I don't think that the season has been a grind at that point. Like I just don't put a ton of merit in the back to back as much since it's so early in the season. But you're right about Tony. Like if you're when 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 do you get to the point where you have to start sitting Tony? I mean, Borrego said in that press conference that he wanted to get him a blow quickly. So he still had to play him 20 minutes. Like I, yeah, I'm agreeing with you. Like he probably doesn't play. If Tony does play in one of those other games, it's not much. And like it's, I don't I would imagine. like, this is where I wonder that that's why I kept saying, I wonder if Graham plays, because I think if you're going to play Devonte Graham, you're going to play it against a team with not so good backup uh, point guard and Jerry and Grant. All right. If you want to support our show and the amazing people that put it together, consider joining our Patreon community for as little as $1 a month. You can help us keep making the daily Hornets content that you've come to trust. Go to patreon.com slash LOH. There's a link in the description of this episode. You can get entered into our contest. You can get free bobbleheads. You can get free tickets. You can get a bunch of other stuff, and you can get access to content before anyone else. Patreon.com slash LOH. Every dollar goes to making this the best Hornets talk in all of Charlotte. Like I said, we got a chance to talk with Bobby Marks on the wake-up call earlier this morning. Had some interesting things to say. Always like hearing from Bobby Marks. Stick around with us on the Locked On Hornets podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. You are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. And Doug, don't you have an Eldon Campbell like stuffed animal type thing? Yes, I do. I got it at the last regular season home game that they had before they left for New Orleans. I, look, I love me some Eldon Campbell, but is that, is they, that the they guy? were just they were clearing everything out of the house because it was whatever they gave to the fans that night. They didn't have to take with them to New Orleans. Get more Hornets analysis on LockedOnHornets.com. I do think that the Magic are going to shoot more threes tonight. Yeah. O- only 25 attempted in their first game. Uh, he knows the Hornets can't defend the three because he's been there and done that with this team so long. That was always an issue. You saw them struggle again against Milwaukee. You got to think that Orlando is going to be chucking it a little bit more. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Matter of, Like I keep saying, they're picking on Jeremy Lamb tonight. And I hope Jeremy Lamb brought his focus defensively to this game because if not, this could get ugly early again. Welcome back to the Lockdown Hornets podcast. I'm Walker Mail alongside Nada Edwards. Still no Doug Branson, but we'll hope to get him back early November. Uh, but once again, just going to be us two here today. We did get a chance to talk with Bobby Marks, like I said earlier today. And here's a couple clips from him. One, you know, he was at this game. He was at Spectrum Center. How come he didn't say hi to us? I, because we're we're not big time, man. Bobby, the nice guy. Speak for yourself. <laughs> Speak for yourself. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't realize that you and Bobby go way back. He should have said something to you. It exactly. Was, I'm the mayor of Press Row. You saw it. I, I did. I did. It was quite rude of him to not say, well, we'll try to bring that up next time we get a chance to talk with Bobby. But he was at this game, so he got to see the Hornets firsthand. And here was his thoughts on James Borrego and some of the strategy that he implemented out there on the court. Oh, that he's not afraid to kind of, you know, mix, uh, mix and match his lineup. Um, you know, I, the, you know, going to that small ball lineup that you know, really got him back into, into the game, um, you know, late in the third quarter, fourth quarter, um, you know, really just hearing from him after the game, um, uh, in, in the press conference that he, he's, you know, he's honest. He's honest, and, and uh, you know, he's not going to hold back as far as how he feels if guys are not giving effort. Uh, and, and I think you guys saw that in the first half, um, going into the third quarter, that you know they're not they're not going to be on the court. And um, so I, I, I like that. You know, it's 
just game one. Um, you know, he certainly had an opportunity to to win that game. Um, but I do like that he's he's the creativity that he's willing to, to kind of just kind of you get to a point where you just throw out your best five, and um, and that's what he did in that uh, in that loss against uh, against Milwaukee. He went crazy small, and we talked yeah. about that. You know, Tony Parker said that he has never seen that before. Kimba Walker said he certainly never played in a, in a lineup that small before. He said it wasn't shocking to him in this day and age to see a lineup be implemented on the court that was that small. But still, he liked the best five, in his, at least at the time, right? That lineup was working, so you sit all the other guys, and you just keep rolling with what's working and getting you back into the ball game. But a couple things I think are relatable to Steve Clifford in this instance. Yes. And and just interesting how different Borrego is and how the situation is for him than it was with Clifford, right? So, one, both of these guys, I think, are brutally honest. Like, I, we've talked about this before. There's a candor to them that I love. I think we've gotten blessed with both guys of just being honest, right? We can get we can get genuine comments from both of these guys in Clifford and now here in James Borrego. I don't think we, we know this. The Hornets have had an awful bench the last couple of seasons. Agreed. I think the Hornets bench is considerably better this season. Agreed. Malik Monk growing from his rookie to sophomore season. I think there is a real develop development there. I think you have Billy Hernan Gomez who has taken Frank's spot. So Billy Hernan Gomez is an upgrade at the five. God bless Rich Cho. You also have Tony Parker here. So you have a bench that Borrego can go to. The point being that with Borrego being so brutally honest about the starters just not being ready to play and him sitting them and going to the second unit, like Clifford would get pissed and he would tell us that. He would say that the starters just didn't come out ready in the first quarter, but he couldn't go to a bench. And so he had to go and play through those guys because you didn't have a backup point guard to go to like Tony. Exactly. You had Malik Monk, who's a rookie who's trying to figure stuff out. Who Cliff didn't trust as well. Well, And and he didn't trust him, and he tried to figure stuff out. And so you didn't have the talent that you – and Miles Bridges, he didn't have a guy that it seems like is ready in some capacity to go out there. Like defensively, he gets lost. I get it, but there is a capacity there at least a little bit that Miles Bridges can play immediately for you coming into the league. So you didn't have this type of bench, and Borrego has that luxury and did so well. I I love what Borrego gave us that night to go with that unorthodox, a place where Clifford would never even experiment. He went there, and he gave us that kind of product to get them back in that game against the Bucs, and Bobby Mark saying he was excited to see what Borrego implemented there. Yeah, I would be too because, again, we keep forgetting that Milwaukee is a top-four seed. This is a really, really good team that might make the conference finals if they mess around and get the right matchup. I think that what Borrego's doing is, and granted, the bench is far improved to the point where Frank Kamensky is a, not literally a necessary, but maybe a luxury. So if you get a, if you get good Frank, it may work. At the same time, I want to see what happens when. I want to see what happens when he has to rely on a guy like Devontae Graham. And I, I hate harping on this point, but I think he's going to be very important in his growth along the season to save guys like Tony Parker minutes. Because if you can rely on Devontae Graham, we can really start getting this Tony Parker retirement home thing. Or not retirement home, but he, again, those DN... Those, <laughs> no, we're pretty much. Yeah, the, exactly. The Spurs... Plan. We're serving pudding at lunchtime. Like we're we're absolutely the retirement home for Tony Parker. Is it 
what flavor is it tapioca vanilla chocolate i don't know it's probably it's whatever it's whatever tony likes because you're old and by this time you get to decide what pudding that you like and we're just going to go find it for you that's tony parker for us okay you want to play the second game that's fine that's fine grandpa you rest we want you to rest get your rest so you can help us in the long run uh i think cody zeller gets more minutes tonight i don't think there's any doubt about it i hope he does like i I, i'll keep saying cody scared me the way he played kind of scared I don't scared think me. he played that bad, though. I just think he found a lineup that he wanted to go with. Like, there wasn't anything that I really saw Cody just struggle out there on the court. Yeah, I, I like Cody Zeller. Like, Cody Zeller is a good center to me. And I really want to see him play a little bit more in the offense with this kind of strategy that Borrego has with their more up-tempo. Because all, all of those Zeller boys, man, like, they are the best big man runners of all time and see it like those yeah. guys run floor to floor you know luke did it tyler did it so well at north carolina cody I mean, his athletic testing was off the charts at the combine Agreed. so i it, i think this i think this style really fits cody zeller and i want to see him get a couple buckets down low and i love he, he had his only shot like he had his only three that he took that's awesome like that, you, that is awesome and i the thing is I, the one thing i would tell you is and i guess the question i would ask do you think brago tries to steal some minutes with Hernan Gomez on Vukovic. Yeah, I was in, I was going to ask the same thing because it is certainly a lineup you like for him defensively. It's a matchup yeah. you like because you think Hernan Gomez, you know, Vucevic has the moves. We all get that. But it's not like you can put Hernan Gomez on anybody with any kind of quickness. He's no. just he's just not. He's big. He's strong. Yeah, he's him against athletic. Mo Bamba is a bad idea. No, that's awful. That is awful because Bamba can stretch him and Billy can stretch Bamba. And maybe you want to take him out of the pain a little bit, but Bamba can shut you down. Like he can move extremely well. Exactly. He's what Cody would be if he if Cody was slightly more athletic. Well, Bamba is. Yeah, Bamba is and just, has has the wingspan of a condor. And it's it's crazy. It's crazy. Bamba's ceiling is just so high. And so I, I think with Bamba being out there, I wonder if you have Vucevic, if you try to put Hernan Gomez on him. But we didn't see Borrego react to the big lineup of the Bucks. He decided to stick with what was working for him. And so I, Borrego, we're not going to be able to get a true sense of how he is until we see a couple more regular season games, probably a month, a couple months, right, to see what his tendencies exactly. are. Because this could be an outlier game to see that kind of lineup out there for so long. But I can't wait to see some of the tendencies. Real quick, we'll move on with another Bobby Marks comment. You know, Miles didn't have a great debut against the Bucks. Miles Great. Bridges, the rookie for the Hornets, right? Hornets acquired Bridges from the Clippers when they traded Shea Gilgis Alexander. And Bobby didn't like that at the time because of the concern that Charlotte might have when they traded their point guard of the future, possibly. So here's Bobby on how he assesses that trade after the offseason has come and gone. I think it's incomplete. I mean, I think I want to see a little bit more before I kind of, you know, um, you know, go back to what I said on, on draft night with uh, Gildas Alexander and and uh, and Bridge. I think a lot of it will be what, what happens with Kemba. You know, if Kemba walks and, and Gildas Alexander is, has a really good year, then yeah, I think maybe it, it, it is a mistake. So I think we're kind of in that we're in that wait and see mode. It won't hurt them this year because I think you know Tony Parker will give you some some quality minutes. I thought Tony was really good on Wednesday. That's as good as I've seen him move around. It looks like he had some 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 fresh legs here. So I think uh, regarding what happened draft night is is we are probably in a little bit of a wait and see mode based on what happens with uh, with Kemba and, and the development of uh, of Miles here. I'm uh, I kind of agree with him. I kind of agree that this is essentially a uh, incomplete grade when it comes to Miles Bridges. I think all draft picks really are incomplete 
unless they win rookie of the year, become an all NBA team or year one, like Donovan Mitchell almost was. Well, and I, I think there's certainly right. Like it's certainly an incomplete grade. It's just, I, I had wondered if there was any kind of change in his opinion after seeing miles play a little bit more in the preseason. And so he said it right there. It was probably the wrong decision. If Kimba Walker does indeed end up leaving the Charlotte Hornets, because then you've got Devonte Graham. Now, no, he didn't assess him in all of this. Mm-hmm. Shea Gilgis Alexander, he looked good in his debut coming off the bench for the Clippers. Robinson, their other first round pick, he didn't get any play, mm-hmm. but Shea Gilgis Alexander did, and he looked good. I think he had 11 points, had a high field goal percentage, four assists for them. And so you wonder if if they traded that guy, if that was the right move. But Miles had experience. Hey, had given us so much this preseason. You wonder if he's going to play more effectively tonight. Nada, what what do you want to see? What do you expect to see from Miles Bridges against the Magic? The one big thing I do I do want to see is just him be more of a team defender. I'm not saying block more shots. Don't do the help side defense. He's good at that already. I'm talking about covering the spots where your teammates are doing, hitting the rotations, making your mark there. And as far as scoring goes, I think we need to like pull back the reins a little bit when it comes to Miles Bridges because, remember, most of his damage was done against G-leaguers and guys that are probably going to be on the end of benches. That kind of matters when we start talking about this guy is ready, this kid is ready. So you know what? Let's hold back. Maybe he gives us a nice little poster tonight. But if you expect anything more, 15, 20 points a game, then you know what? I think you're expecting entirely too much. Well, and and I think you know, he got, what was it, 14 and a half minutes the other night and, and got sat down pretty quickly when he came back in a few times. There was, I think they initially. That was high-level basketball, though. No, it was. There's no doubt about it. And I again, this is how you have to temper your expectations for any kind of rookie that comes in. And if they just so happen to pass it with some impressive performances, then fine. But it doesn't mean that you panic, just like we didn't with Malik Monk. At least some of us didn't. Yeah, some with, of us didn't. The rest Malik. of us were like, we could we could have had Donovan Mitchell. Well, with Malik Monk. But Miles Bridges is somebody that does excite you, and you're dessert, you're allowed to be excited about this kid. And I'm interested to see what he does against the Orlando Magic tonight and how Borrego does plan to use him. So we'll take another quick break. We'll come back. We have one more Bobby Marks clip to play you. Just a little bit interesting on the history of the Hornets possibly making a move when Bobby Marks was a part of that Nets organization. We'll also go around and talk a little bit about the Los Angeles Lakers and other things going on in the NBA. Stick around with Nada and I. We're on the Locked On Hornets podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Locked On Hornets. Nature's first green is gold. Her hardest hue to hold. Her early leaf's a flower, but only so an hour. Hmm. Then leaf subsides to leaf. So Eden sank to grief. So dawn goes down today nothing gold can stay we need the boys to men with that now it's time for more of the locked on hornets podcast getting outside of the nba for just one second i had a dream last night about it it's what weird. was this dream? I don't often have sports dreams. Like I don't it I don't you know, you hear these people all the time. Athletes. What is that? That is the that is the vacuum and that is I believe <laughs> that, that is the that is the housekeeper for I 
believe the Gittimer. Mr. Doc- Jeffrey Gittimer? Yes, it is. I, I thought you were taking a chainsaw to something out there. No. I had no clue. I thought you were messing something up on either the computer screen. I, that was weird. No, it is weird. Again, she knows we're recording. That's the <laughs> that's the messed up part. Does she know we're recording? Yes. Yeah, goodness gracious. The vacuum. I love it. It's like we're hosting a podcast out of our garage. Yeah, it's exactly. Like, it's like mom. Seriously? Like, ah, the meatloaf. <laughs> stop. Stop. Stop vacuuming. We're trying to do something big boyish here. Like, we're we're grown. Like, stop. Exactly. We, we're trying to put some good product out here. Uh, no, I had, a, <laughs> I had a sports. Yeah, get back to your dream, yeah, please. Right, right. I apologize. I had a sports dream, right? And it's, it's weird. Like, you hear these people discuss all the time that, yeah, man, I, I dreamed that I was going to go to this place, and it eventually happened, and I dreamed that this was going to be the outcome, and wouldn't you know what happened? And you always kind of roll your eyes, like, okay, of course. well, that's cool. Like, that's awesome, man. Again, Good for you. when you work it's, in radio, you hear it, these calls all the time. It's, it's hard, right? It's hard to believe it. I will say I did have a dream, and it was pretty realistic. Now, I was on the sideline, so I won't be on the sideline for this game. But college football, NC mm-hmm. State, undefeated, going to go to Death Valley and face Clemson, who is also undefeated this weekend. Big game in college football. The biggest game in the ACC, which has just been an awful college football conference, right? Agreed. I had a dream that Ryan Finley hooked up with Jacoby Myers to win the game and end Clemson's, essentially, their chances at a college football playoff spot. So I am just want to get that out there. And the ACC title game, I might add. I just want to get that out there, right. And the ACC title game because they're both in the Atlantic Division. So I just wanted to get that out there. Like I talked about it earlier today on the morning show. It was weird, but Jacoby Myers comes up big for the NC State Wolfpack to beat the Clemson Tigers this weekend. I'm just going to roll with it. Why can't you dream of something that'll make you and by proxy me money? I don't know. Lotto numbers. Mega millions. Dream of lotto numbers. Do you have a lottery ticket? No, because do I don't one? believe in paying for the lottery. Do you buy, Do you ever buy them? No. Do you ever buy scratch-offs? Like no. anything? When I was 18 years old one time, just because I was 18, you turn 18, you do stupid stuff, you have to buy a lottery ticket. Not even stupid. It's just like, I can do it now, so I'm going to go do it. I won 100 bucks on my first ever lotto ticket. 100 bucks. I hate you right I, now. Right. I, it's unbelievable. I went to a local grocery store, got one, cashed it out. I only bought like two scratch-offs ever since just because my buddies were buying one and I decided to get in on one, and that was it. That's the only time I ever won. But one hundred bucks. I need to try it again. Mega Millions. What? It's almost up to a. Billion. Have a dream about it first. Clearly, <laughs> right. Have a well. It, that's only if Ryan Finley ends up really hooking up with Jacoby Myers. But Mega Millions off to a billion dollars, up to close to a billion dollars. Maybe me and you need to pitch in here a little bit and try to win that Perhaps. Mega Millions. Yeah, maybe just a little bit and try to chip into that Mega Millions. The other Bobby Marks clip that I wanted to get to, I asked him about the Jimmy Butler trade and how close it came to getting done. With Miami. I also asked him if he had ever gotten so close to a trade in his front office tenure with the Nets that he was surprised a deal that he was working on didn't get done. Here's what Bobby had to say. You know, we thought we had a deal with Brook Lopez to Oklahoma City, and, uh, you know, we never, we, we thought we were going to have a call with Thunder. We, <laughs> we never called us back, so uh, <laughs> we kind of waited by the phone for a little while there. Yeah, and I, we, we thought we had a deal, you know, with um, Charlotte, with, um, you know, with Lance, when Lance was down there, that included Brooke, and we kind of got cold feet a little bit, but we never got to the point where we were sharing um, the medical and, and the insurance information. So, yeah, I thought that deal was going to get done. I guess that was about three three weeks ago, and um, you know when you go when you when you have an agreement, and then you go back and ask for more, um, that's usually kind of a deal breaker there. 
So you mean to tell me that the national or the <laughs> Queen City nightmare that Lance Stevenson was could have been done to rectify a wrong of Larry Brown's? Thanks, Bobby. That's unreal, right? I'm like, going to have night Again, were you talking about dreams? I'm going to have nightmares about that. We could have had Brooke Lopez here. Now, granted, that would have probably been the end of Al Jefferson in Charlotte, which would have been horrible in itself. But you mean to tell me that Brooke Lopez almost came here for Lance friggin' Stevenson? Well, and this was when, I mean, that experiment was so bad in every single way. Because the Charlotte Hornets, they made that qualifying offer. They made the offer to the Charlotte or to Gordon Hayward. Exactly. And Utah matched it. He was never going to come to Charlotte. But then they go and they offer Lance Stevenson, who, by the way, was coming off a season where he led the league in triple doubles. And so everyone was excited. On I, his walk year. Yeah. On on uh, uh, Lance Steven, on the Indiana Pacers, he comes here to the Charlotte Hornets. And it's just a god-awful year. Just close your ears if you're a little squeamish. Here's his stats. 37% from the field that season. Ugh. 17% from three-point range. On 1.7 three-point attempts. His free throw percentage was 63 I he, want to drink bleach now. He averaged eight points a game. He averaged five and a half rebounds, and he did get four assists. But my God, Lance Stevenson was so bad. Played in 61 games, started 25. I, he was he was so awful. He's only good when he plays in Indiana. Everyone knows this. But that is when we first found out. Charlotte was the guinea pig to whether Lance could play outside of Indianapolis. And we found out that's a hard no. Yeah, this is like, again, I again trying to get Gordon Hayward is trying to date Rihanna. And then that's like, again, Lance ended up being the buck-toothed, lazy-eyed <laughs> cousin of Rihanna. That's what that was. We tried. We, we shot, tried. We shot for the stars, but you know what? We just went to the cousin. And, yeah, we got the ugly cousin instead. And, and, we, and we tried to trade her for maybe a hot somebody else, a hot other relative. We like, did, I don't know. We did get Jeremy Lamb, so we upgraded to like someone like Tierra Murray or something like that. <laughs> so, so now you go... Now you go to uh, that trade where Brooke Lopez would have come in. Like I've never heard that before. I think Bobby said he may have heard that once, but I had never heard that Brooke Lopez had a chance to come to Charlotte in exchange for Lance Stevenson before. But Bobby saying he thought that was a deal that's going to get done. I love at the end of that, by the way. Like one, it was the ultimate good choice for you, Bobby. Like that they got cold feet. It was the one good <laughs> choice you made. <laughs> well, and, and again, that whole front office, of course, having that awful trade with the Boston Celtics. That was ran into the ground, but that was the one good decision was the no trade of, you know what? Maybe we don't want Lance. See, I think that's what annoys me more. Like Bobby Net, Barbie Barks and all the Nets brass up there, let everybody get over on you. You let Danny Ainge get over on you. And now Charlotte wants to get rid of its trash and get Brooke Lopez, the one good player that was on that team. And you wouldn't let us get over? Like, that's messed up. I mean, uh, that would have, and plus, it would have rectified, like you said, the mistake that was made so many years ago. Yeah, thanks, that, Larry. Where they could have drafted Brooke Lopez. That was the obvious answer. They could have drafted, they could have drafted Brooke. It would have been done. Everything would have been good. And instead, you draft DJ Augustine, who has turned out to not be—he's turned out to be a journeyman be point guard. Be careful what we say about fine. him; he may light us up tonight. He's been fine. Like DJ Augustine has been a a fine to decent point guard in this league. But Brooke Lopez, a one-time All Star, a better than average offensive player defensively, certainly not good, and rebounder certainly not great. But at least he would have been a good choice for that particular team. And I wonder what would have happened with Al Jefferson at that point. Like that was his second year with the Bobcats. That was before or, the 
before Al turned to a certain substance and was dumb enough to fail a certain <laughs> test that everybody knows is, knows is coming. Well, and and he was that was actually when they were the Hornets. So I shouldn't say Bobcats, but that was the first year they got the Hornets name back. Mm-hmm. And, and you wonder if that would have been a smoother transition for him out. But again, like that would have been obviously the better trade. Just. Fun stuff to play the what if game. Like, no, it's not fun. No, it's fun playing the. What I have if nightmares game. now. <laughs> well, then you get that one year with Lance Stevenson. So let's go around the NBA real quickly. Speaking of speaking of Lance, All right? Speaking of Lance Stevenson, the Los Angeles Lakers, which he currently plays on that team, they actually fall to the Portland Trailblazers, one twenty eight to one nineteen. Who'd they fall to specifically? Uh, Nick Stauskas went off on him, Nada. How about Nick Stauskas coming up with a big game? Stauskas for the Trailblazers. He comes off the bench, and he goes 7 of 11 with 24 points. That was second to only Damian Lillard on that team. To me, watching that Lakers team, every single thing we thought about them came to fruition last night. Agreed. We thought their defense was going to be awful. It was. Agreed. 128 mm-hmm. points given to the Trailblazers. We thought they were going to be a bad three-point shooting team. They were. 23.3% from beyond the arc. We thought it was going to be a messy cohesion with all of the playmakers that they have on that team. And it turned out to be. like They scored 119 points, but it was still weird to see LeBron James and Rajon Rondo and then Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball injury, by the way, but not getting the start over Rajon Rondo. Rondo nope. ends up starting. Josh Hart was probably undersung in all of this, by the way. Agreed. He played a, a good game against Portland, 8 of 12 for him, 20 points. So that's a guy that you can look forward to if you're a Lakers fan. I just think this year they're going to make the playoffs because LeBron's the best player on the planet. Yeah, exactly. And then next season is when you might recruit a star, maybe an Anthony Davis, Maybe a Kawhi Leonard. I don't know who goes there. Maybe you just get another star, and that's when you start to maybe see Maybe a Kemba Walker. Maybe. Maybe you start to see them really mess around and start to contend with Golden State because I do think Brandon – I believe in Brandon Ingram. This is where we gonna, disagree. I think – no, Brandon Ingram's going to be good. I think Brandon Ingram's going to be a good basketball player. I think that you have Josh Hart, who you do agree with me. Yes. He's going to be a good basketball player. That turned out to be a good pick. I just think it's going to be next season. But last night – Everything. Dennis Green, RIP, he comes down. He talks a little basketball they with us. They are who we thought they were. They are who we thought they were. Now, here's the question I would have for you. And again, granted, this is a nice long sidebar, but if you're talking about keeping, if you can just keep two of the young guns for the Lakers, which two are you keeping? I'm keeping Brandon Ingram over all of them. Ooh, and then, I disagree. And then I'll keep Lonzo Ball. Like, I'll, I'll probably keep both of those guys because you can't give up on Lonzo. I love Josh Hart, but I'm not. And even Kyle Kuzma is good. I'm just I'm keeping Brandon Ingram because I think, oh, he had 16 last night, shot at a good field goal percentage. Like, I like Brandon Ingram and I like Kyle Kuzma, but I think that I would choose. I would choose the two overall picks or the number two overall picks. I would keep I would keep Ingram and I'd keep. I Ingram. wholeheartedly disagree. It's, it's Kuzma. It's literally it's Kuzma. And it's it's hard. Those are the two I'm keeping, especially around LeBron. But Josh Hart only has a certain ceiling to hit to me. Like he's going to be a good player, but Ingram. But for the play style of LeBron James as he ages, those two guys fit a whole lot better. Well, as he ages, Ingram is going to be a playmaker too. I mean, you're going to have to rely on some scoring from somebody else. And Lonzo, I don't I don't think Lonzo is ever going to be a guy that gets you twenty. Exactly why I would trade Lonzo. Exactly why I would trade Well, and Josh can get you here and there. I just, I think Lonzo and Ingram are the guys you go with. But I do, I do think that this Lakers team is going to be good in next season. I think they're going to be good next season. I think things start to come. Yeah, exactly. 
if the Lakers get you, what, 44, 45 wins in a six seed, I think that's a successful season, especially having not been in the playoffs for about three, four years now. Philadelphia destroys Chicago last night, 127 to 108. Washington, they fall to the Miami Heat. Miami wins 113 to 112. That's an interesting game for the Hornets because both of those teams, the Hornets are going to be trying to get in for the playoffs. Not a, you don't think the Wizards get in. Nope. I think the Wizards and the Heat get in, but it's certainly going to be in that possibility range where the Hornets could get in over both of them, one of them, or neither of them. To be quite frankly, I, I, again, I've said this multiple times on this podcast. I don't believe in Washington, and I don't believe in Miami without Jimmy Butler. Well, Neither of those teams scare me. Well, the Miami Heat, they do beat the Washington Wizards, so Miami is going to be 1-1 one and one when they play the Hornets on Saturday, mm-hmm. and the Wizards are 0-1 as it stands right now. So there's your update there on what's gone on, really, over the first couple of games that have happened in the NBA. Thanks for listening to Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Locked On Hornets. We'll be back with you on Monday to recap the weekend that was for the Charlotte Hornets. Until then, I'm Walker Mail and Nada Edwards. Thanks for listening to us on the Locked On Hornets podcast. Thank mm-hmm. you.